I'd, I figured I'd let you start off with where we left off last time, which which is really getting into um, what makes China able to develop now at a at a faster rate economically than the United States. And um, how did that, how did that creep up on us? And, and um, you know, what, what are our strategies to, to deal with that? Yeah. Yeah. I I (laughs) understand. I know that's where we left off and uh, I, I don't mind talking about China. Certainly I have some good background there, but I would really like to start at what I consider the, the beginning of what I'd like to talk about. Okay. Which is understanding who we are and what we're here for. And, um, and, and, and then get into some of the ramifications and, and, uh, and China that works, that's fine. I mean, China is important and China uh, is interesting. Um, but it really doesn't get to the, the heart of the problem that we're facing in the world today. Right. Yeah, we can absolutely go zoom out a bit. I guess that's that was the last thing I remember talking about. So yeah, it, 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 was, it was, and I don't mind talking about it, but I really think there's an important, a more important message and conversation I'd like to have. Sure. Okay. <clears throat> I'll, I'll let you start us off with that then. Okay, great. And so, tell me uh, when to be, when to begin. I've started recording, so okay. we're all set. Okay, great. Uh, well, it's great to be with you, Max. And um, uh, my my life, just to give you a little background, um, has been focused on two main areas. One, my career, which at least in the early part and, and for the first 25 years or so was in the world of finance. And, um, but as I was working in my career, I was also uh, very much involved uh, in what I would call uh, understanding ancient wisdom. So it was two tracks, which I guess most people would think would be completely different. Um, and, um, and after, as I say, about 25 years, I was sort of uh, led to focus, to, to, to sell my business, the financial end of the, of the business, uh, really the bread and butter part, and to focus on uh, what you might call the spiritual part. Um, and, um, and so I've been doing this for quite a while quite a number of years, uh, and, and I've learned a, a lot, and uh, I can get into to that in, in more detail if we, if we seem to want to move in that direction, but um, we're, we're at real crossroads in this world, this country, in this world, and uh, Everyone recognizes, I'm sure, that there are serious problems that we need to address. And um, because of my background, which is very pragmatic in one sense and very esoteric in another, um, I've I've tried to put those together to try and understand what's happening and why and how do we get out of this mess. And um, so... If you get back to the root of everything, you really dig down deep. I think most people would find, and not and there aren't a lot of people who do this, but that that um, understanding who we are and why we're here is the key to, to making this world a better place, and and we certainly need to do that. Um, so. Uh, so, so I'd, I'd like to go into that in some detail. Okay. And it really uh, is focused uh, to some degree on my latest book. I've written three books. And, um, and the latest one is about 
the soul. It's called Know Your Soul, Bring Joy to Your Life. <clears throat> and if you want to know yourself, why you're here and, and, and who you are and, and, and that sort of thing, you have to go down to what, who are you? What we really are, what, because we all get confused. We're in a physical body and we focus on, on that. <laughs> and yet we're a spiritual being who is living in the physical. And so it, it is confusing to everybody. And, um, and most people uh, think of themselves as material beings who sometimes have a spiritual experience rather than the other way around. <laughs> and um, so <clears throat> if, if, you, if you really dig deep, you'll find we're all soul. We all have a soul. Now, and this is not religious what I'm going to talk about at all. It's, 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 uh, it's spiritual, but it's not religious. So we all have a soul, and, um, and the soul is the first individuation from what I call source. You could call it God, you could call it creator, whatever you want to call it. So <clears throat> each of us have a soul, and I go into some detail in this book, uh, a book I've co-written um, with, with Diana Munns Chen which explains the, uh, the different aspects of the soul. The, um, and, and, and so we have, we have, we have different uh, parts to the soul. Mm -hmm. And um, the, 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 the most dense part and, and the part that we're familiar with is the physical. And, but we're really energetic beings. And the physical is nothing more than the energy condensed so that it appears physical. But we all have different layers of energy. Um, you can call them the, sh the chakras, or the aura, which is part of the aura. And, and again, I go into some detail here, but the important thing is to understand that we are truly spiritual beings at our root. And, and that's what we really need to focus on. Because if we understand that, if we understand we're spiritual beings, and we're part of a soul, that means we're, um, we can't die. Um, so we're eternal, we're loved, and we're safe. Now, most people don't think in those terms, they think, you know, I, I live, and when I die, that's the end of it, or maybe there's something else, but I don't know what. And, um, and, and there's a lot of fear because of the misconceptions, which causes tremendous problems. Fear is our number one enemy in everything we do in life. Um, but again, if we know that we're eternal, we're safe, and we're loved, and we really know that to the core, that takes a lot of the fear out. Um, so <clears throat> our, our job being in the physical body is to get to know ourselves thoroughly, understand ourselves, evolve to the greatest extent possible to help our, in all levels, physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, and to contribute to life in some way. And our soul actually comes in and gives us a task that will contribute to life. And, um, you know, the task can be anything fair, from relatively simple of helping another being while we're here to more complex things, uh, more involved things, such as helping the community or helping the world. Um, in some fashion and we all play a part and, and 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 are asked to do that now we all have free will which means we don't have to follow that program if we don't that's fine the soul doesn't care the soul is non-judgmental the soul 
understands that we'll learn from everything that happens. Um, it will take us longer and it may be more painful to do things that are not in alignment with what our soul wants, but that's fine. Uh, you know, that's, that's how we all learn. We all go through that process, making mistakes. Making mistakes is, is a part of being human. And um, as I said, it's, it's not something that, that the soul judges negatively. But to the extent that we follow what our soul has in mind, what its objective or its intentions are, our life flows more easily. And we're able to make more progress. Um, so if you understand that, the problems of this world, I would boil down to two simple concepts. One, we're generally short-sighted. We want things too quickly. And we're sometimes selfish. We, we only worry about what's, what's in it for me. Now, the truth is we're all connected. We're all, we're all part of a soul that's connected to everything. Therefore, it makes no sense to be act selfishly because who are we hurting? But we're hurting, our, in essence, ourselves. It's like our right hand hitting our left hand. We're all connected. And if, if, we, if our right hand hits our left hand hard enough or does something that damages us, it's damaging the whole of us, not just one versus the other. Um, so we're all connected, and therefore there's no reason to be selfish or short-sighted. I said we're eternal. What's the rush? But, the, but those two concepts are so prevalent in society today that has led to most of our problems. And... Um, and that's really why I started here, because it, it, you have to understand the very basics. And, and to some people, this will be very simple and, and, and uh, obvious. Uh, although I think with most people, if you check them, or if they check themselves, they'll find areas where they are acting selfishly or short-sightedly. Um, and that's part of what's happening today. <clears throat> In order to make progress, we have to um, understand some of our own negative behavior and thinking. And therefore, this has to be brought out into the open. And it has to be made obvious to everyone so that they can see in themselves where they're doing things that they may be criticizing someone else for. And until they see that, they're not going to change themselves until it becomes obvious. So there's a lot of negativity that's happening in this world today. It's coming up and causing a lot of disturbance purposely because that negativity has to be become obvious to all of us. And we have to see, well, wait a minute, do I do that at all? And um, so that's some, some of what's happening. Let me, let me stop there and see if you have any, anything you want to interject before I, I could go on for a while, but I, let me just stop. Well, now, my question for you is how how can we look after ourselves, nourish ourselves, and know the difference between that voice and 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 the other voice that's that's more that's on that's selfish? And I feel like um, well, you have to first you have to become aware that you have that other voice. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people. I'm not aware. Until you're aware, you can't make any changes. Um, but if you're, if you're, you know, if you watch what you do and how you think carefully, it, it'll be pretty obvious to you, either based on what you do or based on what someone else does. And you think, hey, wait a minute, sometimes I do that myself. Then, 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 then it should be obvious that this is something that needs to be needs attention. Um, and so, what we're going through now uh, in in this world is that things are out of balance. Everything starts in balance and works best in balance. 
But one of the principles, and that's a, that is a basic principle of life, everything works best in balance. But because <clears throat> one of the other principles is that things are constantly moving and changing. Everything from your cells to the stars in the sky and everything in between is constantly in motion, including things that are not so obvious. Like a, you, you, you would think a tree is, is still and doesn't move, but within a tree, the sap is constantly moving around. So everything in some part of it is moving around. And movement creates change and change results in things getting out of balance. Now, a little bit out of balance is not a big deal. But when you let it go for a while, it becomes extreme. And if human beings don't make the changes that bring things back into balance, the universe is kind and creates a crisis to get our attention. So that's what's happening now. We're going through a crisis, maybe several crises, to get our attention that things have to change. The, the three basic areas that I like to look at as to needing most change are the environment. We're ignoring the environment and not taking care of it. Um, socially, uh, there's tremendous inequalities that we're letting get wider and wider, which will cause tremendous problems. And financially, we, we live beyond our means. We, we continually borrow money to live off of rather than do what's prudent and, and save the money that we need. And it's resulted in tremendous imbalances. All those are unsustainable. And so they have to be brought back into balance. And we're going through at least a number of crises to try and get our attention to make the changes. But here's the, here's the rub. And I sort of alluded to this. We're all creatures of habit. We like the status quo. We don't like to change. There's fear in changing. Fear of losing control fear of not knowing what comes next. Um, a, a, a bunch of different fears come up about making changes. So we don't do that and the crisis gets worse because the imbalance gets worse. So now we're, uh, that's where we are today. And I, I don't think, unfortunately, we've gotten that message yet that things have to be, I mean, some people have gotten it to some degree or another, but the majority of people still think we can continue. We can go, we can go back to the to normal, whatever normal is. And normal is not acceptable. It's unsustainable the way we, we, we've been creating things. And all this is self-creation. This, this is not some superior being who's forcing us in one direction or another. We create, you know, we create our own reality. So, um, so it, that's why I wanted to start from, uh, if you understand who you are, you, you're, going to, you're going to make change. You're going to bring things back into balance because you understand that they're unsustainable the way they are. And they're going to get worse if we don't make the changes. And we're safe and we're eternal and we have nothing to fear. And... Um, and that's, you know, that's a real quick overview of where we are now. Now, I can go into other directions, including China, if you want, but that's, that gives you, a, you know, a floor to, to, to build off of. And what are some of the long-term causes of, of how we got here? And um, I know it's, it's uh it's part of our it's part of our makeup to to seek um you know some level of security and to uh you know keep fear at bay or at least 
uh, find a way to make use of it so that it's it's not just raw energy and so people people uh react to fear and then they they have a choice but we have a part of ourselves that doesn't always feel like it has a choice and it it can often take the front seat if you're not aware of it so what are some of the the long-term causes of this whether it's um cultural or um or otherwise i'll let you go into that well um as i said fear is our number one enemy and we all have it to one degree or another and uh it's it's based on insecurity and it's based on not knowing who we are if we knew who we were that we're loved we're watched over we're taken care of we have nothing to fear we're eternal you know that would wipe out a lot of the the things that, that, that come up about fear. Um, but uh, we, because of the fear, we do things that are selfish because we don't feel we won't get what we need or want. Um, we act short, in a short-sighted manner because we want what we want now and we don't want to wait. So we, that's, what, that's the borrowing money to try and get things faster than we otherwise could. Um, so it, at the root cause is fear uh, that causes us to make decisions that are not good for the whole, which means it's not good for us. It, 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 the pandemic, among other things, is here to teach us that we're all connected. You can't have one part of the world uh, uh, sick and not affect everybody else. We have to take care of everybody or, or we won't solve the problem. And we'll continue to have be faced with the pandemic. Um, so it's, it's um, understanding that we're connected. Everything is connected. Everything's dependent on everyone else. And therefore we have to change our thinking and our actions that that uh, follow that kind of thinking. Um, so I, I'm not sure if I answered your question, but that's that's the first thing that came to mind. Uh, well, it, it definitely answers part of it. I was I was wondering if there are moments in history, and and I know that that it's. Uh, it's ongoing, uh, but but I'm wondering if there are specific events and uh, periods of time in our history or in world history that have contributed to this uh, this short sightedness and selfishness. Well, uh, I just read a book about this recently. Uh, it went back of thousands of years. And what it showed is that these patterns repeat themselves continually. Uh, and it comes down to the same basic problem. Fear caused by not knowing who we are. And so as long as, the, the, that, as, long as that's the case, we're going to repeat the same patterns over and over again. And... Um, and it's all part of a, a process of evolving and learning about ourselves and becoming <clears throat> uh, more focused on what is important. Again, we think we're, we're material beings, that that is who we are and that's all we need to worry about or think about. And when we realize we're spiritual beings having a physical experience, that changes everything. If, if we can really think in those terms and act in those terms. Um, now, it, it, it is purposeful. The fact that we do get confused and do make wrong choices is part of the learning process that we all need to go through. And um, so it's not, it's not like it's um, an accident that that happened. 
this is how the, the, the soul wants to learn and have new and new experiences will help them learn mm-hmm. whether the cho- and whether the choices from those experiences are good or bad and there is no good or bad they're all just experiences that you can learn from and how fast you learn is up to you because you have free will if you if you decide if you make choices that are going to be painful or that are going to be harmful your, your your progress will be slower, but that doesn't mean you won't get to the same ultimate place. It just will take many incarnations. Um, so, um, and, and you know, I, I, I use the word incarnations again. People, not everyone buys into that. Maybe most people don't buy into the fact that we live many lives, but we're eternal. So you have to think in those terms. And, um, and, and if, if we follow what our soul has set out as a goal for us, and we all are given a task, before we come into our body, we're given a task. It's, it's sometimes hard to discern what that task is, although you'll be drawn towards it. If you, if, if you don't resist, uh, or, you know, if you, if you think in terms of, uh, you know, uh, I need to have a certain level of security or financial wherewithal. And, and that's your prime objective. You probably won't be following your soul's task. But <clears throat> it's important because if you follow it, the, the soul <laughs> has designed the life for you that will be most beneficial and will help you move furthest along in your evolution. And if you follow that task and follow that direction, your life will be easier. It'll flow more fast, quickly, and uh, you'll be fulfilled. And and I'll give you a specific example. Um, And I mentioned this in my book, Know Your Soul. Um, About 10, 12 years ago now, uh, I was, uh, again, I didn't talk much about this, so it's a little difficult maybe bringing this in right now, but I'll just mention it anyway. I've been, um, been conversing, you might say, of being mentored by my spiritual guides. We all have spiritual guides, everybody. And, um, and, and, and I've been doing this for almost 25 years. Um, and about 10 years ago, I was told by my guide that my soul had decided that I should do a reincarnation in the same body, or sometimes it's called reincarnation in the same lifetime. So I went through a process, and I describe it in the book. I won't do that now. But um, where I was completely, my energy system was completely dissolved and a new one created. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that, I'm bringing that up only because it's one of the benefits of following your soul's guidance. If you're doing what you're asked to do and you've completed most of that, rather than coming back to this world of spirit out of your body, you can continue on and you know, do some more, make some more progress. So, so this is just, um, I'm not sure why I got onto that track other than you know, we are eternal and we, can, we have, if following the soul's guidance in, in this lifetime, will be the fastest way and the most fulfilling way of living your life. And, and it will add to uh, make the world a better place. I, I have to say that there aren't a lot of people who are doing that because the world is, <laughs> is in the shambles. And so um, that's why we really have to get back to the basics and understand uh, 
what what's going on and why. I can relate to a you did um, you called it a dissolving of your of your energetic system and sort of a the rebirth of it. Right. I can I can relate because I when I uh, I, I would say in high school. I started to have a lot of physical issues that that I wasn't used to because I, I had grown up with really a a great body awareness and I, I did martial arts for ten years from five to fifteen and I earned my black belt and I felt really really comfortable in my body and myself but then I, I stopped but I stopped practicing martial arts and I started really engaging in activities that 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 you're that that you start getting into because you you get inculcated by by our culture and and sort of how how we see ourselves and some of those things involve like weightlifting and uh and and you know sports and um and but also things like neglecting my nutrition and not sleeping well and um you know when that that really took a toll on me and none of those things are bad on their own but this whole kind of uh combination of them and really not not listening to my my inner voice that was telling me to to practice more artistic uh mediums and and find find out how i would like to express myself in this world uh, not listening to that voice, even as a healthy teenager, it, it made me sick and it very quickly, uh, within only a few years, I, I couldn't do things as simple as sit in a chair for more than 10 minutes without feeling extremely fatigued and, and having like very high levels of chronic pain along, along my back. And, um, and, and there are all sorts of other ways that it manifested, but then as I began to invest in, in myself and, and, and my, and practice music and, and visual arts, it, all the pain started to subside. I started getting much more mobile um you know all all these different joints in my body started to release and you know i started over the course of five years or so i started to get back to uh feeling like myself and, and so it took as long as it did to to wind up in the mess to get out of it and um and the way the way you described it just feels exactly like what I experienced, which is that my energetic system basically collapsed, and then I found a new one once I could uh, once I could pinpoint how to get it back, which was ultimately through creativity and uh, and self expression. And what you described is actually a perfect description of going from balance to imbalances through all the things you did that were were extreme or not healthy to where you brought things back into balance and and um, things now are feeling good. Mm -hmm. and, and that's what's happening in the world. We can get back into balance, but we have to make the effort. You, I'm sure, took a lot of effort on your part initially. 
to to make that switch. You probably had some fears about it or or doubts as to whether you could could do that. And and we're all going through that now. We have fears, we have doubts. And but it but it, it it's a wonderful story because it it not only shows how we can go in one direction, but how we can go back and and rebalance things for for the best. So that, that's a great story. Oh, thank you. Well, it's not, it wasn't without its trials and tribulations and, and being able to discern, you know, which voice to listen to is not obvious at first. And it becomes quite obvious, but, uh, you know, right at the beginning, it can be very hard. So I've, I see a lot of people just make it to that one place and not really know how to advance anymore. They, they get to at least trying to understand the, the concept that there are multiple like voices to pay attention to. But I, I, I don't see as many people getting beyond that point. Yeah. Well, well that, that, that's right. And that's where we are. Humanity is, let's say, it. you know, we're, it's becoming more and more obvious to more and more people that changes are required, that we can't continue, that the things we're doing are unsustainable. But there's that fear that comes in, that doubt that comes in, that stops everyone. They, re they resist what, what, what needs to be done. And the truth is that will require some adjustments and perhaps some level of discomfort. Mm -hmm. But we, we've, you know, we've gotten to a point where we need to go through that if we're going to make progress, if we're going to get back to where we want to be. I mean, that's, that, that's the, you know, the, the, the stick that's being held out. Um, do you want to continue the way things are going? I don't think anybody really does. I, mean, I, I guess there are some that think that way, but if we look around, we know that there's things are not right. It, 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 you know, inequality is rampant and, Debt is way too high, and financial systems out of whack, and, uh, and the environment is is reeling and, and has real problems. We got to change those things, and it, but it will take some sacrifices because we, you know we did it overdid it in one extreme. We got to go back to the other way, and, and it just uh, to tie in the China thing, since we talked about it in the very beginning. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't know this initially, but my soul, the, the task that it set, up, set out for me was to uh, introduce some ideas into China. And um, so uh, I, my books were, were translated into Chinese. As I said, at this time when this happened, I had no idea what was going on or why, but they were translated into Chinese and I had the chance to go over there and to uh, offer some of my ideas. And, and to my amazement, they were uh, picked up at the highest level in the government and, um, and have been implemented to, to some degree. Some of them still are in the early process. Some of them have been completely implemented. And, um, and that, and because I had done that, that's why I was, I think I, I wasn't told this specifically, but I think that's why I was given this chance uh, to go through a, a, a RSB, a reincarnation in the same body, because I complete, that was one of my tasks and I had completed it. So you know, I would either the choices, I guess, were either, all right, you've done what you're asked to do, now come, come on back home, so to speak, or you know, stay around and we'll give you some more stuff to do. And um, so I, and I described most, of, if not all, of this in my book, uh, so that if anyone is interested in it uh, and, and the process that I went through, as well as my co-author, um, make clearer there. And 
what what specifically did they find useful um in in your your um your framework of of how they ought to operate like what specific aspects did they they find useful and and implement okay that's, that's a good question um so, so my first book was called conscious capitalism mm -hmm. and um in it and it can be described in two different ways but i'll do it in the most elementary way i suppose it's about social responsible business acting in a social responsible way that that term is now morphed into corporate social responsibility or esg environmental social and governments but the basic thing is treating the stakeholders of a business um, with the golden rule, treat everybody the way you'd want to be treated. And up until when in the 90s, I guess, and my book came out, um, uh, most businesses were only interested in their stockholders, not their employees, not their customers. Everything was focused on how can I make the most money for my stockholders? And so my, uh, my book was focused on in order to make the most money for your stockholders in the long term, take care of all the stakeholders in the short term. Mm -hmm. And so this is with something that I brought over to China at the time that was not, it's now a fairly widely used concept, but it wasn't at that time. And um, I had the opportunity to, re to give a presentation to, to uh, a school called the Communist Party School that all high-level Communist Party leaders come to. And I talked about my book, which had just been published in China. And to my amazement, they liked it. And, and they put it in their, in their school library. And my picture is on uh, uh, one of the longest bus lines in China with the book. And um, it got a lot of attention. And with the Communist Party behind it, encouraging it, uh, it was implemented. And so that was, that was the first concept that I tried to introduce. And I've, and I've been there, and I've seen how businesses have, have changed their view. You know, it, it, one of the one of the first things I saw when I was in China was how poorly they treated the environment. It was terrible, um, complete disregard. And I and I talked about that, and I said, you know, you're going to have to refocus your attention and take care of it. the environment. It's going to come back to bite you. And and the response at that time was, we're a developing country, and we have to focus only on economic output. And, we, and the environment can't be something that has a very high priority. And I said, well, you, you can do that, but you're making a mistake. It's going to get worse and you're going to have to refocus. And eventually that's what happened. Um, and that's part of uh, the social responsible business outlook. You know, take care. The environment is, is a stakeholder in your business. That's where you get your resources. That's where... Um, you're going to prosper or not prosper if you don't take care of the environment. So that, that, that was one of the concepts uh, in, in this whole idea. And that's one of the things that they picked up on and, and, and they've changed, completely changed their view about the environment and the priority given to it. And there were, there were other things as well, how they treat their employees and things of that sort. Um, so uh, again, a little, not sure where we are in the conversation, but uh, right. um, we're somewhere good. <laughs> that, that, oh, I, that was one concept. The, the second thing I've tried to introduce is a spiritual path to China. And, <clears throat> and that's been a little more challenging uh, because China is not into religion for sure. They, they don't, they downplay it and don't encourage that sort of thing. At the same time, the people are very spiritual. 
uh, not necessarily the way we think of it, but you know, they, they, they have a, a deep and, and a long history of, of uh, spiritual thinking and, and practices. And so we've found people over there who are very interested in what we're teaching. It's a psycho-spiritual path. And, um, and when we've given workshops over there, uh, gotten amazing responses. People said, it's a miracle. I've had these problems for such and such for a long, long time. And now all of a sudden you've given me insights and answers to what I need to do to, to, you know, to feel better and to live my life uh, the way I want to. And so we're making inroads on in that. The, 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 the social responsible business part has been implemented and, and is fairly well, well along. The, the, the spiritual ideas are still taking root. And I, I can imagine why that must be because anyone, anyone developing something for the first time or in, in its initial stages is completely engrossed in that process because it hasn't, they haven't found a, a more efficient and thoughtful way to do it and um i I mean i could i see that in in so many different contexts like with governments um who are who are in the initial phases of industrialization um that so they're so focused on economic development that they they can't really incorporate a spiritual element to it yet and it it's like that all the way down to the individual level where like we come into the world we graduate from a university we 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 decide um you know we often decide or the narrative that's given to us without further investigation is um you know find a way to um to have a livelihood and how that happens is not as important as making sure it happens. So whatever you can do to make it happen sooner is better. And so we prioritize making money and, and again, you know, neglect the spiritual side uh, until it really presses us to, 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 look into it again that's exactly right and uh, and and if we don't get it a crisis happens to to wake us up and that's what we're going through now and we have to just realize what's happening you know for uh to understand and, and and begin to um bend a little bit and and make changes and the longer we put it off, the harder the changes will be. Do you have, are, are you coming up with, so since you've, you've had such success with, with your book and your writings in China, have you continued to, to work on uh, different ways of, of helping their government um, become more sustainable uh, and and um, and more in touch with its 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 spiritual side. Well, there, there's two aspects to China. One is the government, and one is the people. And the government, it's hard to 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 get there and to get a voice and speak, speak to make changes. That's going to have to come from the people. And, and the people, first of all, the people, as I said, have a very spiritual side. And an awful lot of Chinese people who have, who have some education have traveled now throughout the world. And they, when they come back to China, and I have some good friends who have done that, they don't want to put up with some of the government policies that um, 
are crimping their freedom and their ability to make choices. So my hope is that uh, at some point they will be able to have a, be a force to a positive force for for change in China from the government standpoint. It doesn't you know that doesn't appear to be happening right now. And it, but but the, the one thing you have to remember about China. It's really not that much different than our political system. It, it, it is different, but the same motivations. The motivation of a politician in China is the same as in the U.S., to stay in office. And the only way to stay in office is to have people, uh, the populace, uh, not throw you out of office. And in China, that means social unrest. If there's social, the, the, the government leaders are frightened of social unrest. So they do what they have to, or what they think is necessary to, to keep that from happening. Here, we, 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 uh, we do it by giving people benefits, um, financial and other benefits. Uh, there, they do it somewhat different ways but the whole the whole focus is on staying in power um, and um, so I, I think I'm hopeful that between all the citizens that uh, Chinese citizens who have traveled and, and see a different way of doing things and, and it's more to their liking and those that the common people there who have a strong spiritual background or spiritual leanings, I guess, um, will at some point make their voices heard. And there are some that speak out, but they're usually the government uh, cracks down on, on those who are speaking out. At some point that'll end. I don't know when, but you can't keep people down forever. And um, so I don't know if that answers your question, but that, that's what I see happening. And, and I've, I've spoken to a lot of high-level government officials, and I have a pretty good sense of where they are and what they're thinking. And I've spoken to an awful lot of, of the Chinese citizens. Uh, and... Um, I know that they are, a lot of them are not happy. Some of them, are, some of them are, I remember they went through a cultural revolution over there that was really traumatic. And so a lot of them have gone, who have gone through that or know about that just want stability now. And they're willing to take the authoritarian um, government because it provides stability. Even if it's not great, at least it's stable. In the Cultural Revolution, that wasn't the case. Mm, I see. So, so that, that's a little bit of, of what's going on that I've observed. So, you've really, you've really targeted it, the change from a grassroots level with mm -hmm. with going to the schools and and educating the people. Right. Instead of trying to get in on the top floor, which is, is very hard to do. Yeah. yeah it, it won't be a quick process, I don't think. Uh, although, you know, if, if the virus were to spread, right, right now they have a zero tolerance policy. If that were to break free, and who knows, you know, you can't control viruses uh, either at the border or within the borders. So, if, you know, if something like that were to break free and, and really infiltrate the whole society, that could change things uh, very quickly. Uh, people would, would be fearful and they would up, rise up against the government. So, so there's a lot of possibility. Climate change could do that too. Uh, you said a zero tolerance policy? For, for the virus. In other words, as soon as they know there's virus anywhere in the country, in any town, they lock the town down. And to, until, until there are no 
no no cases of the virus. It's 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 a very it's an effective but hard way of dealing with the virus. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, but that's what that, that's their policy because they've got a, one point two three four billion people over there in a, in a fairly close geographic area. If something like this breaks out, it could be devastating. And does that specific uh, protocol directly affect the supply chains? Sure, sure. Because when people are locked down, they can't produce the goods that others are waiting on or expecting. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it definitely has an effect. It's, it's fascinating um, that that you've that you've been able to that you've been able to provide your work to, to them um, on the ground level. So uh, the school you spoke about one school in particular um, is it is it part of a greater uh, education system in the area or was it it was it just one school in particular i i think what i mentioned uh, you're referring to is the communist party school which was a school for high level executive communist executives to come back to i've spoken to probably 40 different universities over there okay Uh, and um and and they're all receptive to to what i have to say uh I get good, good comments and questions. And um, so, you know, it's going to take time to, there, there is, there's, I talk about fear. There's a lot of fear over there because of the, the way that, uh, you know, the government operates. And, um, and the government wants to keep that fear in there. Uh, so it's going to, it's, I don't know what it's going to, take to you know and, and some of the things they do is not so terrible or or certainly not so much different than what we do over here mm-hmm. we don't really see it obviously it's not as obvious to us but this you know we've we've taken minorities here and not treated them well uh, I, I once made a list and i can't remember it all of all the things that we do that are very similar to theirs and we don't recognize it you know, they may be slightly different costumes, but they're really the same basic theme. Uh, and, and, and I'm not in any way justifying what they do. I'm just saying that, you know, mm-hmm. we, can't, uh, uh, we can't look at them and, and say, uh, look what they do and, and not look at ourselves and, and criticize ourselves. Right. I, I'm thinking what came to mind was uh, the Uyghurs and um, and it was a it's a their their people being imprisoned was a something I ha- really didn't know about until six months ago i I didn't know that was it was a specific uh you know condemnation of a group of people and so i'm just learning that there's this there's this population within china that's that's really treated horribly and i i met i met uh one uh a gentleman who, who still has family there and, and he, he's, he's Uyghur, he speaks Uyghur and he, he speaks a variety of languages, um, but he, he still has family there. And, and so I, I really got to hear firsthand how, how bad it is. And uh, to think I, it, was, it was something that I was completely unaware of or unaware of the fact that it was, you know, a, a specific 
population and not just China treating their people poorly in a general sense. Mm. Um, I, I, I just wish uh, that got more attention and, and uh, I wish I wasn't finding out about it so, so late. Yeah, I, I, I know what you're talking about and, and it's terrible. And I, I wish, you know, and, and some, some companies, not all, have taken actions to stop doing buying products from there. Um, but, uh, but again, again, I'm not making any excuses. It's terrible. But, but look at our, our country and some of the things we've done to certain populations. Oh, yeah. Well, sure. Our, our <clears throat> prison system is, is, is similar. It's just that ours is, is in, in a, in a sense, legal. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, our, we, we imprison minorities for, for any trivial reason. And, and so I, I see how you can draw that parallel to, to what they're doing. So, but it's, it's nice to hear that there's, that the people fundamentally are, are, are looking for new ways to develop now that they uh, have a sense of stability that they didn't have during the revolution. It's, it's, it sounds, it sounds like a, it sounds like there's hope that that they want to change and that they know now that there is life beyond um, the extremes of revolution and, and rigid stability. Yeah. And and again, China is a huge country. And so, you know, there are plenty of people, we're we're making generalizations, there are plenty of people from all different parts of the spectrum as far as their view of the Chinese rule and life and and uh, and everything. So um, um, we we can't generalize. Mm-hmm. Well, I uh, I've I, I think we've done an hour. And uh, I uh, is there anything else that you would like to touch on well i could go for a while but yeah i think i think i think we've covered uh the highlights as i say the key is knowing yourself knowing yourself who you are and what you're here for and 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 living accordingly and don't get caught up with the fact that the material aspects of life which are important and i don't deny anyone wanting them and um but just don't make that the sole focus of your life mm-hmm. and and see the connections and the uh you know, how we're all alike rather than all different because because we are you know i guess that's something i should mention i have gotten to know chinese people as and i've traveled to 50 countries or, or thereabouts so i've met a lot of different people in a lot of different cultures we're all the same we have the same fears, the same desires, and um, we're all connected. <laughs> we're all one. So um, start thinking in those terms, and we'll, we'll be able to solve some of our problems. If we start thinking we're all separate and, and one against the other, we'll continue to, to get out of balance, further out of balance. Well said. Well, I would, I would love to continue our discussion uh, at some time in the future. I've really enjoyed talking to you well, and, and hearing sure. about your work, and I'm glad we could reschedule. Okay, great. I appreciate the opportunity, and um, I'd be happy to talk again some other time. But right now, there's. <laughs> With a lockdown, there's not a lot, not a lockdown, but with the virus, there's not a lot of opportunities to get out. Right.
Yeah, well, I, I don't know how much the situation is going to go back to normal. I, I feel like people have have these high hopes. Um, I think there's a there there's there's no return, and and I don't I don't feel like that has to be that has to have a negative connotation, but I, I think we're in a completely different place now than that we've been in this for two years. Yeah. Well, I, I hope so. And I, I think, I think you're right. And, and we have to get out of the idea of going back to normal, what, meaning what would happen before, because that wasn't, that, that's not going to get us what we want. Mm-hmm. We don't want some of the things I talked about that are obviously a, out of balance and, uh, so we have to stop thinking about boy if i just think we just returned to normal um we want we want things better but not what they were before all right well i hope you have a nice rest of the weekend and uh you know it's nice to know that that we're both that we're you know we're in the same city we're we're uh you know experiencing the same kind of uh you know the same culture and and customs of of the east coast i f- i feel like it's it's a it's a very special kind of uh you know, I, I just think it's it's a very specific way of life uh, that that we have here, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, it's it's nice that we get to share that, and uh, you're not too far away. Good. Well, I'm happy to keep in touch, and uh, hopefully, we'll talk again. Sounds good. Take care, David. You too. Take care.